Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I am your host, Claudine Wolk. You can find me at my Substack account, claudinewolk.substack.com. We're talking all about publishing and book marketing. If you have decided that you want to write a book and you're trying to figure out how to publish it, or maybe you've already written a book and you're trying to figure out how to market it, this is the podcast slash Substack for you. Our goal is to give you great tips, by example in some cases, to help you get your book seen and sold. So join us through the newsletter or the podcast today and get your book seen and sold. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star rating. Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I'm your host, Claudine Wolk. With us today is Jennifer Randazzo. She is a children's book author. You can find her at Jen. Randazzo, R-A-N-D-A-Z-Z-O dot com. She's got on our third book, she's already released two that we're going to talk about today. One is Frog Fully Rely on God. And the second, or maybe it was the first, I don't know, we're going to ask her, is Grandpa and Louie. And uh, she's going to talk all about her publishing experience and, and these two fabulous books. Welcome, Jen. Hi, thank you. So tell me about the book. So you you're on your third, but what are what was your first book? What was your second book? And what are they about? Okay, my first book was called Grandpa and Louie, and it's about Louie body dementia. And I didn't seek out set out to start writing and publishing books. I wrote it as a re- just for my kids as like a memoir for my dad because my dad had Louie body dementia, and it comes with a lot of changes. It's kind of like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's mixed into one ball. So you would see my kids would see my grand, my dad and he would be one way the first time they saw him and then he would progress a lot and have um, other symptoms the next time they saw him. So I wrote the book for them to be kind of just help them understand what was going on and, and what they, we, we were going through. And then I realized that there were no resources out there for children um, of this sort. So it kind of pushed me to publish what I had written to turn it into a book. And I knew nothing about it at the time. So I was just kind of figuring out as I as I went. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to ask you about that in a bit. But your your tell me about your second book. My second book is um, much was much more intentional. It's called Frog. Fully rely on God, and um, that was a funny story. Also, I was actually working on my third book, which is about to be released, and having some questions, and 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 stopped in one day to talk to a nun at the local school, my daughter's school, and um, from that conversation, this this new book just kind of bloomed and and. I had to had to do that first before I could do the third because it was just on my heart and the story just had to be told. So that's where the second book came in. That's so funny because uh, my one of my business partners, Kate Brenton, she talks about that, how sometimes what you're meant to write finds you. Yeah, it definitely has. I feel like it's been like that for me. Mm-hmm. That's 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 great. OK, and they're both children's books. Yes. yes. And, and they can be purchased wherever you buy books. Yes. Um, not brick and mortar stores yet, but I'm on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart.com, um, on my website. So they're ev- everywhere virtually. Fantastic. And so tell us about your third book. My third book was um, is called The Empathetic Elephant, and it's going to be released soon. And it was a book on empathy and compassion. And um, like I said, I had set out to write it and I had a plan and I had an illustrator that I really wanted to work with. And she had like a... Um, that I found online and she had uh, a waiting list. So um, I was on a waiting list for her and another illustrator. And 
they both came to me at the same time and said, We're, we have a spot open. So that's where, you know, I had the story of frog on my mind and I was like, okay, we're going to just do this. And it's kind of, kind of crazy now that I I look back and, and I've read your book. I've learned that it's, it's very, um, it's a lot to do two books in one year, but that's what I, I did because of the, the opportunities that how they found me, you know. Exactly. And is the, so you're saying the illustrator that you hired was the same for both books? No, two different illustrators. Oh, two different I, illustrators. I, yeah, I really oh wanted to work with both of them. You yes. must have been yeah. nuts. Yeah, it's, it was a little crazy, a little crazy. Because there's so many but decisions to be made. So much to be made. And I'm still learning of things that, like, that I, I need to do that I haven't done and, and things that I should do better and, and how to streamline and, and make that process easier. Um, but I really love the creating of the books. Like I, I, I enjoy that. It doesn't feel like a job. I just that's That's the best part of it for me. So you just decided that you wanted to write a children's book. And then that's I mean, I I get how the grandpa and Louie book came out of a need for sure. But Mm -hmm. the writing of it is is writing something you've always wanted to do. I've always been a writer. Yeah, I've always enjoyed writing. And I loved reading to my kids. I've loved children's books. Like I would always just read to them and be like, I like this one. This is a great one. And I I enjoyed that bonding time with my children. Um, So it just kind of I guess carried over now that my kids are grown. It's um, not reading to them anymore, so I'm writing my own. <laughs> How nice. How nice. Okay, so tell me about the decision to publish the book. You are a self-publisher? Yes, self-published, yes. And was it tough to come to that decision? Um, it, it was tough, but it kind of, when I as I did my research, it seemed like it was my only option. Um, traditional publishing is, is tough to get into, so I just um, did all the research online, found every, everything out that I could, um, for my first book, I got a grant for um, publishing it so that I could cover the cost of publishing. But, well, now and that, that we got to stop you, I got to stop you right there because <laughs> I've, I've got so many authors who are listening who don't even know how to finance or that there's a possibility that they could finance through a grant. So how did that come about? Um, again, researching. I did a lot, so much online research and just found there's a, a local place in Philadelphia called the Leeway Foundation. Um, and if your book is is going to make have something to do with helping social change um then it can be you can apply for the grant um so i did that and because it was disability awareness and um they liked that it hadn't been done um i was able to get it was a micro grant wasn't huge but it definitely covered um the cost of of getting the book out in the world and how did you go about learning how to self-publish um, videos, YouTube videos. Um, your book wasn't around. That would have been such a huge help. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. I would have loved to have Thank that. You, Jen. I read a lot of books. <laughs> I did read a lot of books, but there aren't a lot of great resources, especially for children's books. Um, you know, because that's a whole nother beast with illustrators and things like that, and the cost of getting it out there. I think. Um, but I just kind of delve in and took, found all of the information that I could. I, I joined some of the, the Facebook, like the writers groups and stuff like that. There's a lot of amazing people. I feel, I found that the other authors are the most supportive people and will like just hold your hand through the process. I've, I've made some great connections online with people around the world that I feel like are friends now because they, we've just bonded over the, the struggles of, of self-publishing. I love that. Okay. So tell me about with each book, the the timeline that it took to, you know, once you finish, let's say once you finished writing the book, how long did it take you to publish it to, to get to launch for the first book that you wrote? Um, so I started that in 2019. The I, You know, I, I, like I said, it was for my kids. I didn't set out to write a book, but then 
I attend like Louis body dementia walks and I would see these children. So that was kind of a longer process because I wasn't really ready to decide that I wanted to be a writer. I was just, you know, going through the motions and it just kept hitting me. Like you said, the book finds you. Um, and I felt like I needed to do it. So that book was released in 2021. So from 2019 to 2021. And then I kind of got the bug because I loved creating. I mean, it's just, it's, it's definitely something that I enjoy and working with uh, the illustrators. Um, so my frog, um, I did in, in May of 2023 and November will be empathetic elephant. So that was, like I said, wow, a, a little, a lot to take on, but, um, you know, making it work. And you said you love working with the illustrators. What, what particularly about that relationship do you like? Um, really finding the one that's a fit and making that connection. Um, the illustrator for empathetic elephant is in South Africa. So she sends me like, she's on safari and she's sending me videos of elephants in the wild. And just, we really have bonded, even though like she's on the other side of the world. So it just feels like such a, it's such a divine connection when you can connect with someone like that and have so much in common and, and create something so beautiful. Like I've just, I'm so happy with her illustrations. Um, so it, I think that's what I enjoy, just the, the connecting with people that you would have never found, connected with otherwise. So each of your books, Grandpa and Louie, Frog, Fully Rely on God, and Empathetic Elephant, the one that's coming out and going to be released, uh, they all have different illustrators. Yes, they do. So that's interesting. Yeah. Is that common, do mm -hmm. you think? Or do you think author, children's authors use the same illustrator? Um, I, I've seen that it is common depending, like some of the authors I've met will have a, a series of one book and I kind of feel like the illustrations have to fit the story. So with frog, um, it's a very sweet, it reminds me of precious moments, you know, that her illustrating is very, very, um, just adorable. And with empathetic elephant, it's funny and bright and bold. So both of those stories I felt like needed that style of illustration. So I would, I will use empathetic elephant has other stories. I have other stories planned for that. And I will use that same illustrator all the way through for consistency. And I would like to do a follow up to frog also and use her again. They were both amazing to work with. That's pretty great. And I think it's great too, to just experience different, you know, people in the professional world and see how they approach things and how they work and I just think it's a good experience to have overall it really is because they, they are very different um, not just like you said styles of of, of work but how they operate is very different and I've had some bad experiences too but as I go through with it and learn um, and sharing resources with other authors is huge on, on finding the ones that really work well um, that you want to work with Gotcha. So so now you've published two books, one's coming out, um, children's books. Tell me about the launches for each of the books. I bet you the launch for Grandpa and Louie was different from the launch for Frog. Very different. Yes, very different. Grandpa and Louie, I wasn't really like putting it out in the world. I was just kind of doing it for the, you know, the kids that needed it. So I didn't really launch it like loud. I just kind of was like a quiet launch. I put it on Amazon and it was done. Didn't really talk about it on social media. Started a social media page for that book. Um, so it was very different. Um, Frog, I had a wonderful network of women behind me through the through the school and the church and some of my friends. Um, they were all like, roll our sleeves up. What do we have to do? 
And I still learned a lot from that launch because I, I you know, I've, it, with each one you learn and it, it could have been better. So I'm hoping with Empathetic Elephant, like that I've, I've gotten a better handle on it and it'll be my best jet, but they've all been very different launches. And I find the launch to be um, the most exciting, but the most nerve wracking part, because, you know, once you push that publish button, you know, and it's like, what's coming out, what, what have you put out in the world and how is it going to be um, received and things like that. So it's, it's definitely nerve wracking to, to share your work like that. It is. I, I interviewed another author, Kara uh, Katruzala, and she said, oh, that launch date is so bad. You just sit on the Amazon page and refresh, 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 you know, trying yeah. to take a look at, you know, how, how things are moving. Uh, so I'm curious, since you self-published all three books, um, I'm wondering, have you ever turned back and thought, oh, gosh, you know, maybe I should go the traditional publishing route? Or do you have the bug for this now? I, I do love the I do love the, um, the 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 creative control that I have. I don't enjoy the marketing. I'm not one that wants to be out there like buy my book, buy my book. So I struggle with that, even though I really believe in it. Um, but with the last book, the, some of the feedback I've gotten from some professionals, I was like, maybe I should pursue that route of traditional publishing. I mean, isn't that every author's dream? Um, but then I, I sit back and I'm like, is that really what I want? I'm, I, you know, so and I don't want to. I've heard that you have to stop you. You, it's really tough to pub, traditionally publish a book that's been self-published. So I don't want to stop the, the publishing, the you know, the release of this book. Now that I've, I've kind of thought maybe I should try it, you know. So I'm going to go ahead and publish. But I've, I've heard maybe if I do a series on the follow-up, it's something I could um, look into. Yeah, and you know, I like to explain it to aspiring authors that today self-publishing is really you creating your own traditionally published book. Yes. Right? Yeah. So even though you're technically self-publishing, you're really a traditional publisher and you're you're doing it yourself and your books are your your mm-hmm. um, you know, catalog. Yeah, your creation. I, I didn't use a hybrid publisher for my second book for frog because I was in a hurry to get it out and I was a little overwhelmed and he was amazing. And I would highly recommend him oh. to anyone. He's out of Tennessee. And what's his um, name? His, his name is Daniel. It's it's um, Argyle publishing, Daniel Brantley. Okay. He, I started using him just as an editor and then he was so helpful and so wonderful. I was like, okay, I'm going to look into, you know, using him for the second book. And I did because I look at it. If you find a good, um, reputable, reputable traditional publisher, I feel like it's kind of like having a general contractor because you're going to pay your editor, you're going to pay your formatter, you're going to pay your illustrator, all those costs. And then you're trying to like map it out, like how to handle all those things and, and pay those people with going with the, the hybrid publisher. In my experience with Daniel, it was here it is. Let's put it together. And it just it took a lot of the stress off me of, mm-hmm. of doing that. And, and I didn't pay more than I would have paid had I paid a formatter and an editor and all those things. And you're um, so and you own the book with that hybrid publishing I company. Own all the, yeah, all royalties. I own the book. So that was a, another one that was like a no brainer for me. I, w- I didn't give up any any creative control or anything like that. Yep. We worked really well together. Yep. And that's what and you, I've recommended him to other local authors who have loved him and had the similar experiences. Oh, so. we love good resources that have been yeah, vetted. That's awesome. Okay. And then in terms of the 
distribution, which I talk about on Substack, um, and I've written a few articles, but book distribution is so important. It's basically how your book is going to get out into the world so somebody can buy it. So whether you're going to be on Amazon exclusively, or if you want to be on the 40 other online outlets where you can sell your book, people, there's 40 other online outlets. Amazon's not the only game in town. And also, to get them into bookstores, to get the book into libraries, to get your book uh, as a printed version, there are other options. So I'm curious, what did, did, did your hybrid publisher help you with book distribution? Or was that something you handled on your own because you already had? Um, so he did help me. My first book, Grand Problem Louis, like I said, I was figuring out as I went and I just did only, only Amazon. It's the only place you can find it. I tried later to go put it up back onto Ingram Spark and it was, um, there, you know, it, I had trouble with the, the ISBN numbers and stuff like that. So it's never been anywhere else but Amazon. We went with Ingram Spark for the second book. And he helped me a lot with that because I that that's a whole nother beast. And I wasn't sure how that worked. So um, he, he uploaded that there and, and on also went to Amazon and, and Walmart.com and Barnes and Noble. And um, I don't think I could have done that without him because it, it's a lot. It's a, it, just the way Amazon and Ingram work together. I find very confusing and frustrating and I had pre-orders coming in and Amazon would like take too long for them to be delivered because they were getting them from Ingram. So I think I'm even going to try the third book differently. Um, I'll probably do hardback on Ingram and softback on Amazon Mm -hmm. to prevent that because they don't, they don't play well together in my, in my experience. They don't. (laughs) So I'm going to try that route and I don't know if it'll be better, but it's a learning process. So each book, I feel like I, I get a little better, you know, talk to more people, learn more things and, gets a little easier. Yeah, I want to I want to dive into that just a smidge, Jen, just for the audience. So Ingram Spark is a distributor, but they're also an aggregator. So if you put your book on Ingram Spark, they will put it out there on some of those other 40 outlets we just talked about for you, which is fabulous. So you don't have to think about it. You don't have to admin admin it. You know, that's it's already done. So that's a nice thing. Um, But if you put it on Ingram Spark, and they will fulfill orders uh, for print books, paperback books on Amazon. Uh, and then so that's what Jen means when she says they don't play well together. Because sometimes if if you're not just exclusive on Amazon as your distributor for the paperback, you know, um, print on demand book, then uh, they have to go through Ingram to get it to you. And sometimes that just takes a little bit longer. So I like that. I like that go around that you, you've come up with. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know how it's going to work, but I it was really um, disheartening because I had this, like I said, a community of women that had rallied behind me. And I bet like they're ordering 10 books and 20 books and I was like so happy and then I'm getting texts like it says well, my book won't be here for three weeks and I'm like I don't understand why and I realized because it, Amazon has to get it from Ingram because I didn't post it you know I did it as an ebook on Amazon but I, I had had it go, coming through Ingram so it was a rare, very slow process which kind of was was definitely a downfall on my on my pre-launch there so it's not um, it's, I yeah. don't want to find that situation again yeah. it's it's frustrating so you mentioned that grandpa and louie is on amazon Where, did you sign up for their kdp select program i did yes okay yeah. so i've been in and out of it yeah so yeah, it was exclusivity so. for a certain period of time meaning you can only mm-hmm. sell on yeah. amazon for a certain period yes. of time mm-hmm. got it okay yep. Yeah, very there interesting. benefits to that and drawbacks because if you want to give someone, you want to run a promotion where you're giving a free ebook through your book funnel or your website, KDB Select doesn't allow you to do that. Yep. So uh, I've 
that's why I've gone in and out of it. It's, 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 I, I haven't found it, the benefit to be worth the restrictions yet, but that's just my experience. Well, speaking of the benefits, the, so one of the benefits is supposed to be if you do sign up exclusively that your book will get better exposure on Amazon, which is such a flooded place to buy books that sometimes you just can't be seen. So how did you find that with, with um, Grandpa and Louie? Um, yeah, I, I do feel like my book, it, it shows up well because it's there when I wrote it, it was the only one, like I was mm. when I, before I wrote it, I'm Googling book, I'm Googling, searching and finding books and there weren't any children's books on Louie body dementia. So that helped me a lot to show up in the rankings. There are since have been a few written and there are a lot about Alzheimer's and things like that. But, um, so I think that, that, that was not a norm for for a book because like you said the market is so saturated with so many things yep um that i i do believe i got lucky there it was just pure luck but it does it does come up first if you search like everybody dementia books. got it and now we're into amazon categories and keywords and um, my friend dave chesson who talks about uh keywords and uh, categories and uh, his software is called publisher rocket which you can buy and do some research but um i'll link to that one in the show notes but i mean that's a whole nother i don't want to give anybody a headache as they're listening to us that, yeah i have publisher <laughs> rocket and i and you I do like, when i use the hype yeah yeah I do. when i use the, but it's a lot it's a lot still to it process is. and, and it um, is so when I use the hybrid publisher, he did it all through. He also, I think, used Publisher Rocket. He's like, these are going to be your keywords. And, and um, nice. yeah, there's so much to learn on so many levels. Like you said, keywords, distribution. It's just it's a it's lot. just so much out there. Yeah. But just knowing, and that's what I hope that we're doing through these emails, that we're, we're saying, hey, these things exist. Like, don't, don't get a headache and don't feel like you have to learn all about them in one day. But they exist. And when you have a minute, and you can delve into that. Uh, so that's why a lot of times we talk about, uh, Kate and I, when we're talking, and Julie and I, when we're talking, we talk about the uh, length of time for a for publishing a book. And we really feel that, you know, giving it at least a year uh, after the book is written uh, mm-hmm. is, is probably, what do you think of that? Do you have an opinion on that? I agree. Based on what I've learned, like I said, I wish I had found your book before, but now, because now I'm like, <laughs> what, this is crazy. But um Based on what I've learned, there there are so many things that that go into the marketing and the, and, and things that happen after the launch, um, press releases and all those things that you really have to be prepared for. And I wasn't. I was always like trying to catch up and figure it out as I go. So I think um, what happens is you're you're so passionate about what you've done, and you can't wait to get it out in the world. And after I read your book, I, I did consider holding off on releasing the Empathetic Elephant. Um, after the holidays, but then I thought it's ready to go with, I'm ready to hit publish. And I want to see what I can get from the, the holiday market. Like we've got Black Friday coming and it's a great time of, you know, to sell a book like that. Um, but I do think it's going to be, I, I would be better prepared if I, if I held off on it. So I, I, I was very torn on what to do there. I really was struggling on, do I hold off and, and go with a big successful launch or do I do like a soft launch and just get it out there for the holidays? And that's what I decided to do. And, and hopefully I can like get another stab at it in, in like February or something, just do some kind of like relaunch or, or something to celebrate it then. Right. And you said you have more in mind for that particular uh, I do. Book, you know, yeah. book series. So sometimes if you do, you know, a big launch for the second book, the first book will help, benefit help from that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have found that. Yeah, both of my first books were very niche. And this book is more broad. Yeah. So I, I have read 
um, you know, I've talked to some authors like at, at the book fairs and stuff, the, the guy next to me, they've got like 40 books. It's just amazing. Like, I feel like I'm just so new into it. I, I can't imagine having that many books under my belt um, and trying to market and manage them all. But um, I do I do feel like with each book, you get more visibility and they get better and they're easy, you, it's an easier sell because people are like, oh, well, the first one was good. I'll give this one a try. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I am excited to start the next ones. That's so exciting. Okay. It sounds like you really like the business and and I'm wondering if you could share, you know, what you like most about or have found the most helpful with promotion because we um, were together at a recent author festival in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, and we were at the library. And oh, my gosh, there had to have been more than 40 authors there. I heard there were over a hundred. Was it a hundred? I believe that's what I read before the the, the turnout that it was going to be over a hundred. It was, it was there were was room after room. I mean, the library was full. I was amazed, and some of the people that I knew or that were the new people that I knew that I had no idea were even authors. So I feel like it's <laughs> unless you go to those things, it's kind of a lonely job because what it, writing is you're very isolated, right? And unless you're connecting with people online, which I said, I do find that that's been very beneficial for me. I've met some great people, Um, but that can also be scary because sometimes you don't know who you're meeting, but um, it's kind of, you're kind of isolated and and to see that there are so many other people out there trying to do the same things and, and, you know, doing it differently and and learning from them. um, I thought that book fair was amazing. It was really amazing to see that many, even children's book authors, there had to be. 2030 of just children's book authors. So this was just a local library who invited local authors to come and sit at a table and um, they were separated by genre and then they were able to sell their book, but just talk Mm -hmm. to uh, patrons, people who would come in, but also talk to each other. Um, Mm -hmm. So do you find that was a good venue to sell your book? Um, I thought it was. I did make some book sales. I enjoyed connecting with the other authors a lot. It, I didn't make huge sales, but I think there were a lot of authors. And I, I think that I think this is the first year they did it, right? So I don't think they had a lot of foot traffic. The people that came through were surprised at how many authors were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I had some people go, oh, I wasn't coming to write. We were just coming to the library today. So um, I think if they continue to do that, it will get bigger and bigger each year because you know, I had people go, I wish I had brought money to, to shop for the holidays. I wish I had brought more money. So I don't think people really expected it, that turnout, the public, Not, um, I'm saying. Um, but I did feel like I connected with some great people. And I had people that already had my book come to have it signed, which was so touching. Yes. Because, you know, you don't really think that people are, are, are like looking for you like that. So um, that was a great, great experience for me. That's the first time I ever had something like that happen. So it was exciting. Yes, yes. So um, Kate Brenton and I were there as kind of the um, book marketing and writers help if you had any questions that we were there to ask questions about book marketing and about writing and finishing your book. And so the idea was to help the other authors that were there participating, but also anybody who walked in. And I found the same thing that the people who were walking in were doing their regular Saturday library trip. And so they were like, wow, what's this? And and very, you know, interested. And, and gosh, you're right. It would have been the perfect opportunity to do some Christmas shopping or holiday shopping. Yeah, definitely would. Neat. Yeah. Okay. And so th- I have a guy who's coming, a guy, a guy, um, uh, a resource who's coming on um, that I'm going to have on the podcast. His name is Brian Judd. And he's, he's a special sales um, guru. He's been around for a very long time. And... Um, 
Mr. Judd often talks about how it's there's a difference when you're promoting your book between exposure and, you know, promotion. So a lot of times when you do these things, when you do that kind of an author signing, it really is for exposure, not necessarily for sales. And they work hand in hand. Like you kind of have to do both. You want to mm-hmm. you want people to get to know you, to know what you do, to hear about it. And Brian would say, and I'm going to ask him about this, but you, you, they maybe have to hear your name three times before they actually sell. So mm. even though you might not come away with a lot of book sales and an event like that, you don't know how it's going to translate into book sales later. Maybe they could find you online. Yeah. I thought your book did a great job of breaking that down. You had like the green and, and yellow boxes, marketing and publicity, because that was something I had. I, I kind of just thought it was I, I was bunching them all into the same thing. But I guess it's that same type of exposure thing where, you know, your marketing is one thing and your publicity is another. And, and you, they are two different beasts. Totally. Um, but I, I wasn't looking at it in that way. I was just like, okay, if I'm here, I should be selling. And it's really not the case. It's it's very different. Yep. They work. They definitely work hand in hand. Um, so I'm curious, what of all the promotion that you've done for your two books and now your third coming out, what has worked the best for you? Would you would you mind sharing that now and putting you on the spot? Um, well, I'm not the best at promotion. So I'll start with Aww. that. That's the biggest struggle for me is everything that comes after publish. It's the marketing. Uh-huh. And I th- and talking to other writers, I find a lot of them are same. Like I said, it's very an isolated kind of thing where a lot of us, I think, are introverts. And it's um, it's hard to put yourself out there and sell and promote your book. Um, so I can't say that I've had, I think, word of mouth. And, and a lot of it, think, thankfully, is, is the community at the church has been amazing because they all love Sister. And, and the book isn't really... Um, it's her story, but it's very, very general on um, her story. It was just inspired by her story. It's, it's not really about becoming a nun. It's just about kids who are having anxiety and doubt about what they're supposed to do in any situation in life. You know, sometimes it's like, does this feel like the right thing? Um, but I think the promotion from there, um, from the, the community of, of the church and the school, I've had people buy, um, you know, a large amount of books for for the school to, to give back to the school or for vacation Bible school to give to the students. And um, so I guess that, that that's kind of grassroots, right? The people that, that you know have been my, my best resources. Um, I also go to the Louis Body Dementia Walk, which is in, um, in right here in Jamison in my town, but every September. And I, I that's another place to promote my books because those people are, they're living it and experiencing it. And they, they are really touched by the book versus if I at the book fair, that was, you know, that was a reach for people because not too many people have heard of or experienced Louis body dementia. So I found that in promotion, I guess the answer, the, the long, the short answer to that, that is um, going to where that audience is. And, and for the book, you know, for the book fair, it's I think the empathetic elephant would have done very well there because like I said it's a broader story and my frog story does very well at Catholic schools and churches and um and Christian places and then Grandpa Louie um I promoted that a lot at nursing homes and um dementia awareness places so I think knowing your audience is is key to to promoting yay yeah I mean you (laughs) said a lot there and but the one thing I want to drill down on is the fact that you reached out to those people like you for the um the Grandpa and Louie book, you knew it was for a particular 
condition and you reached out to those folks and there's associations and there's you know groups that that help and so you had all of those venues we call those special sales by the way and you you went for it so what did that look like in terms of the pitch to them um it it was pretty easy because i I really believe in the message of my book so it was easy it's it's a Personally, for me, it's hard to ask people for things, but it was like, I have the book. Can I come in and, and, and sell? And, and it was oh, very wow. So sell. you actually actually yeah. went and sold. It wasn't just, mm-hmm. you know, would you like to buy my book no. for your audience? Yeah. I want to come and sell. Where I, yeah, there are some things that I haven't sold just because like, you know, church functions and things like that. But for Grandpa and Louie at the Walk, they were they were it was so well received because, like I said, there's not a resource there. Yep. So that was a very easy sell. Um what I find the hardest to sell because when you when you do those special sales like that, like you you really have a message that you're passionate that that's going to help that person. Yeah. So for me, that's an easy sell. What's a hard sale for me is like to get on social media and try to sell and be like, read my book, here it is, and and I know that's such a big part of it. And and every author you talk to is like, it's 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 got you you've got to put yourself out there, um, and that's what I struggle with the most. But it, I think it's harder because. You, you're you're talking to the masses and mm-hmm. not that person that you know needs that book. It's really hard to like narrow down an audience, especially when you have books with so many different messages. So if I I started off like really trying to niche down for dementia and I had a lot of followers there, and then the next book comes along and it's a whole different you know genre. So it's like now I'm kind of redirecting my audience there. So I really struggle with the social media aspect of it. But for for promoting to to go to those special places and and you have to kind of think outside of the box if it's school readings or uh, like I said nursing homes or things like that. There I find it's very well received if it's a message that they that they know they need or they want. Yeah. And it could just be, Jen, that the social media isn't where your audience is anyway. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. sounds like I've you've really that. you've 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 really gotten to the the folks who who need your message and want to hear your message. And that's part of I think I like to say to authors, I was you know, you're not selling yourself. And authors, I hate it too. I don't want to sell myself, like, <laughs> ugh, you know. Yeah. But it's the message that you're selling. Mm-hmm. It's and if you're a non, if you're a fiction author, it's the story. And there's always a message in your story, people. Maybe one or two, but that's what you're selling. You're selling mm-hmm. the the entertainment of the story. You're not selling yourself. So it's what yeah. people already desire, and you're letting them know that here it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but yeah. I do think, I think you're already hitting the audiences you want to hit. And as an author of all these different books, who which, which all have different messages, your social media is just sharing what you're doing. I'm here, mm-hmm. I'm here, I'm here, this yes. is what I'm doing. I can speak to your group, you know, and I, I think that's the best way for you to use, to use yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Sister gave me some gra- great advice because I went to her with permission to, to share her story before I did it. And, and after I read it, it let her read it. And I was like, you know, I never wanted to like exploit her or put her in a, a, any situation where she's uncomfortable with her story being told or, you know, being in the book. Um, so she's like, it's not about you or me. You know, this is bigger. And, and I knew that because I know her message is so special that it needed to be. It's blessed so many kids at the school and it, it needed to be like shared with the world. So I had no, no problems like 
putting yep. that out in the world. I just was more about like, what is, how is it going to affect her? How, what, what are people going to think of me? And then she said, she was like, as clear as day, she's so simple. And, but her messages are so like powerful. She goes, it's not about you or me. You know, we, we're, it's, it's, it, this is a message that you're getting out into the world. So it, that really helped me to kind of let go of some of those uh, fears and anxieties that I was having about what to do with this book. Exactly. And and you're the vehicle. You're the vehicle that's getting the message out there. And it is a beautiful book, uh, Frog. It's Fully Rely on God by Jennifer Randazzo. Um, I did want to ask you one other question. Um, wasn't it about the author festival? Oh, advice for authors on what you would not do based on your experience what would you not do do? okay that's a good one i always have a pat answer to this one myself okay here here's what i would not do don't put it off i talk to so many people that say i want to write a book one day i want to do this i want to and you can do it like i i feel like i i I bought it for so long on Grandpa and Louie. I was like, I'm not going to write a book. I, I can't do that. I don't do that. And once you get into it, it might not be the most straight and easy road, but anyone can do it. And if I feel like if you have a story on your heart or a message that you want to share, you need to get it out into the world. It, it might not be about making money or make you know fame. It's really about that you you that message is on your heart for a reason, and you need to share it. So I would say don't hold off on doing something that you really feel called to do. You're called to do it for a reason. And and don't let all those things stop you. We get in our heads so much sometimes about uh, I'm not good enough or, you know, it's, it's hard or too much work and you can do it. It, it. it it becomes like a passion once you, once you finally like succumb to it, you know? Absolutely. And that's, that's a great place to end our interview. It's great advice. And thank you for sharing your experience and all of your words of wisdom. In addition to resources, we really appreciate it here at Get Your Book Seen and Sold. Um, so what's next? You have the, 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 when is Empathetic Elephant going to come out? I'm shooting for Black Friday the, or Cyber Monday. So it's in the next week or two. Yikes. We have it ready to go and hit publish. I, I'm working on my launch team right now. Um, that's another big one that that um, I wasn't aware of how important that was on my first book. Um, but so hoping to, to be able to get that out and get released and have it out in the world. That's awesome. And I hope you come back and tell us all about that launch. I would love to. I would love to. Terrific. Thank you so much. You can find Jen at her website, jenrandazzo.com. I'll have the information in the show notes, as well as links to her books, Grandpa and Louie and Frog, Fully Rely on God, and and the new one, which will be out by the time this gets posted, (laughs) Empathetic Elephant. Thank you so much for being with us, Jen. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It has. It's been fun. Thank you. (laughs) And you are listening to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, share the podcast episode with a fellow author or leave a review. Just scroll down to the bottom of the show details while on your app and you'll see the review option. Thanks in advance for your support. Remember, my new book, Get Your Book Seen and Sold, The Essential Book Marketing and Publishing Guide, written with co-author Julie Marquette, is on sale today wherever you buy books. It's your personal guide and resource to get your book seen and sold.